Welcome to Past Bedtime Talks, a series from Past Bedtime Studio where we discuss storytelling, production, a host of related topics, and anything else we find influential in our creative pursuits. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and visit us at pastbedtimestudio.com for more information. I'm your host Shahab, and today I'm with Ben, Jeremy, and special guest Ty Young to talk about fiction and writing in different points of view. All right, welcome back to the third episode of Past Bedtime Talks. Welcome, guys, Jeremy, Ben, and Ty. Hey, hi, hello. Thanks for coming, guys. I appreciate you guys for making time to come here and talk uh, for our uh, kind of monthly uh, conversation. We were having it. Uh, so, Ty, I would like you to talk about yourself and uh, to talk about your personal uh, habits and uh, what do you like about our podcast. Why did you come here? Sure. That's a good question. I like. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> the first thing up is why are you here? <laughs> uh, I'm here because it seems that we have um, an appreciation for storytelling in common. And uh, I was an early reader as a kid, and after 30 years, I still am an avid consumer of stories and fiction, especially uh, of all sorts of genres. That's almost a primary interest. So if I could ask you, what was the first book you read? Would it be... The first book I read was probably some sort of children's book. Okay. Uh, probably a Richard Scarry or Dr. Seuss type thing. Okay. That's very nice. Yeah. And uh, have you listened to our uh, serial podcast, uh, Philip's Apocalypse, recently? Yes, yeah. Uh, the, the first uh, full-length episode uh, and uh, two, the, uh, the lost episodes as well. Hmm. And you enjoyed it, obviously. Yeah. And we did all enjoy it. Thank you, Jeremy, <laughs> for writing them. You're welcome. <laughs> it's always to have, it's good to listen to these podcasts. Actually, I've been listening to almost, I re-listened almost all the episodes again and it really got uh, a new eye uh, viewpoint towards all the episodes nice uh today guys we will i would like to talk about the genre called fiction like uh the idea of uh, creating a fantasy world which mm -hmm. can be anything and I, i would like to talk about why you guys think fiction or do you guys think fiction is something that people need to read Or does it affect us uh, on our personal life? Yeah, I mean, um, I think uh, for me, I I prefer fiction personally. I think there I think there's usually probably two camps of people where one camp is really like documentary, nonfiction based, uh, serious minded people, and then there's people who really enjoy fiction type stories. I mean, obviously you can appreciate both, but I feel like if it boils down to it, there's usually two camps of people. But uh, I'm very much a fiction person. I like sci-fi and fantasy. Sci-fi is actually uh, it's really is one of my favorite uh, topics to like the the, the subgenre of fiction because yeah. like specifically Star Wars. Who doesn't like Star Wars, right? Like it's just a fact already. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, fiction. I feel, in my opinion, um, fiction genre specifically is a great uh, runaway for me to think out of uh, out of this world uh, sometimes I decide to not think about bombs and wars and uh, terrorisms and these mm -hmm. things happening these days so it's easy getaway uh, for me to get out of this world and think about something else and 
I personally recently got into a lot of uh, fantasy fictional uh, books that I've recently read. Uh, specifically, Ready Player One, which I hope you guys have seen the movie. I just saw it. You just saw it. Yeah. What do you think about it? I I kind of liked it. I mean, um, I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was an enjoyable movie, and I thought it was kind of a neat take on kind of the gaming culture of like that exists. Today. Have you read the book first? No, I haven't read the book. Okay, so no, uh, I'm reading it now. Okay, and um, I've been they've been telling telling me. Uh, that uh, the book is way better than the movie. Usually is the case. Yeah, that's <laughs> usually the case for every uh, movie based on the books. But uh, I did enjoy the movie specifically because it was quirky ideas and elements in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really easy to uh, kind of give that nerdiness of uh, ourselves into uh, the real world problems in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, Have you seen the movie? I did watch it. I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, because a lot of times the movies try and do uh, a Hollywood take on current uh, pop culture and especially gaming culture, like subcultures that are less, they're maybe popular, but they're not intensely popular. Mm -hmm. Uh, They kind of like just do it in broad strokes and do the stereotypes, the really common stuff, and it ends up sort of dating itself and uh, not really reaching the people who are true fans. Indeed. And this did a good job of actually kind of meeting in the middle. Yeah, and it was just like I mean, Steven Spielberg has a way with just good old-fashioned adventure movies, and he had rights to every characters that he had in that movie. (laughs) There were some characters he didn't use uh, from the book because he couldn't. Right, I'm not sure exactly what were the characters he couldn't use, but uh, we were lucky that we had Spielberg Mm -hmm. making that movie. To be honest, Ben, have you seen the Ready Player One? I haven't. No, I I have heard the fit a lot, but I, I haven't many time to to see it yet but about the camps that jeremy was talking about earlier i was def- i'm definitely the one that has uh, joined both camps i can say i was certainly not sold on the fiction at the beginning and uh, i felt like what's the point if it doesn't exist why should i know why should i care but then after what got me to switch was you had uh, the previous podcast was right was about the suspension of disbelief yeah. and it was a major thing for me i realized that uh it doesn't need to be real it as long it can still explore and it has uh, a lot of values especially making a new world that doesn't exist coming up with principles whatever axioms fundamental rules canons as probably they call it in in the literature um, is just as interesting and can be very challenging because you don't have any external reference. You are building these up. I mean, you definitely have the real world to base stuff, but what, wherever you uh, divert from um, the real world, it becomes interesting and challenging simultaneously. Also, as you said, uh, I mean, I don't really use uh, fiction for... For, for, as as a as a escaping uh, route, I don't really do a lot of escapism, but uh, in fact, uh, that's maybe my problem. I because I need to take consider it to be real to enjoy it. Of course, I can't escape it. It it is stressful. It can be stressful. Not really stressful. It's just still a story. But um, at the end. Uh, I definitely yeah I enjoyed I I think I'm the 
I'm the in between camps right now, and uh, I I have a much bigger appreciation for fiction. I completely agree. Um, like it's good to have some people that like yourself to be in a middle to actually accept uh, realness and fictional aspects of stories, and I feel like that's the easy and. Uh, interesting or uh, part of uh, compelling stories accepting it um, I remember last episode uh, if you guys remember Amir was our friend who came here and he was the guy who loved realism uh, storylines he he it was hard for him to understand fictional aspect of a story it right. was kind of difficult for them to accept it to to digest the, the idea of not real uh, elements of a story and uh, i feel like that is completely a thing that is subjective completely right for anyone to not accept their uh, the not real things uh, it's completely uh, mature i would not call it but uh, acceptance uh, on a human side of it uh, and i feel like if you are a person who doesn't believe on uh, fantasy things it, it's it's completely right of yours and if someone loves fantasy and love to be uh, Uh, you know part of that life and you know cherish uh, that uh, element in uh, like and, and and paste that idea in their life i feel like they're allowed to and they have the rights to do that uh it's really uh, important to talk about uh, accepting and not accepting fiction uh do you guys think that fiction can um help us to sometimes create more things or does it destroys ideas in our mind I don't know if fiction's ever destroyed an idea, uh, at least not intentionally. Uh, I mean, it's generally either expanding on something that already exists, as in like uh, like speculative fiction or fiction that is set in the real world, and then you have fiction that creates from essentially nothing, like high fantasy or science fiction that's, you know, in worlds that don't exist, won't exist, are purely imagination. Um, so if anything, there's always an encouragement to create rather than, uh, destroy any sort of ideas when you're going into the realm of fiction. Uh, it's always something being added to, to your mind. Indeed. Yeah. Exactly. I, th I think, um, especially with something like sci-fi, it can really, fiction can really show us what might be possible or, you know, what paths we could go down that we shouldn't maybe like, um, You know, something like Blade Runner 2049, which I thought was an amazing movie. I will have to watch um, that. That's one of my yeah, watch lists. Yeah, it did a really good job of kind of showing us what humanity could become like, you know, having like destroyed all natural life on the earth and just living kind of artificially. It's um, I think that's what I like about fiction is it really can show us what the future might hold or, you know, for better or for worse, really. To, but to maybe add to the, your point of destruction, I don't think, I mean, I'm just trying to be the devil's advocate here, maybe on purpose, but because uh, I'm not, I don't really think that's the case, but uh, you can become, like es escapism uh, can become an issue, I think, if you are too sold on being uh, indulging in your own imagination. I think, I mean, this might be an old school concern. Parents were always telling us, you know, stuff like this. But I do believe that uh, you can become, you can get over, uh, you can um, 
buy into it too much to the point that um, your world is you, you're not seeing your the, the world around you as it is you're seeing it through the the, uh, the the lens of your imagination is that a bad thing I think it's it, it's it makes you less productive I think it uh, uh, because you're substituting um, let's say the a positive reward that you were supposed to get from a real event now you the same thing is just being uh, simulated uh, through imagination and I think you can maybe certain let's say social uh, capacities can diminish if you indulge in something like this too much and uh, but it's, I don't think it's a huge concern I think there are a lot bigger things to play into that you know and and definitely in my opinion benefits uh, outweigh the the problems but I personally think I know certain people let's say in my opinion there are people and I, I believe I've met such people that have maybe diminished uh, certain for me social uh, interaction is very important and I think if you substitute that with this with what everything that goes through inside your mind is not as productive and uh, we as a species have thrived because we could communicate I don't think this is going to be the next apocalypse yeah. if people live, watch too much, too much video I mean play video games I don't think that's going to be the case but at the macro scale, I think it's it's somewhat of a concern. I actually um, somehow I agree with your point. Uh, I have two perfect examples of whether it does affection effects or damage our life. Uh, one example I had was a long time ago. There was this uh, series in Iran. It was about uh, how uh, the the protagonist. Uh, um, character of that story dies and throughout the sto- series or story and his uh, essence or, or, or soul uh, was uh, you know wandering around so that idea was kind of fictional right and I've uh, after like a couple of uh, uh, time after that series ended uh, I've read a read in the news article that two kids playing with each other two brother a brother and a sister and the brother said, let me die so that my ghost be around you and help you around. And unfortunately, that affected a loss of life. So I, it, it, there is a part of that that actually will affect a lot of people. Uh, but uh, the positive point of uh, fiction that I think that helped is that uh, on some of the comics that I've read uh, recently and some of the uh, uh, series that I've watched based on comics for Mm. for example Flash, Arrow or other uh, uh, Supernatural Uh, they were talking they added a lot of physics and scientific fact in it I feel like that in a way a lot of writers and creators are trying to use real factors to allow people to say that fiction is not affecting your life it's what uh, people decide from it right so mm. from what they they achieve from what they receive uh, unfortunately a loss was life uh, lost based on two children and uh, an atmosphere a surrounding that people uh, didn't like parents didn't sit down and talk with kids like hey this is not maybe real right but at the same time it could help to use to develop you know I'm talking my points are completely too separate I understand that but what I'm saying is that Fiction can be good and bad at the same time. What we do is we need to figure out 
how to use it and how to avoid using it in a way. Continuing on our topic about fiction, um, you know, for writers, it's really hard for them to create a fictional world. Mm -hmm. There are, it's, for example, for you, Jeremy, uh, it was difficult, in my opinion, uh, not in my opinion, sorry, and I think that uh, it was hard for you to uh, create a, a world of uh, for Philips, and uh, it was hard to create it. What was the process of that? Like, how is it hard for writers and creators to come up with a world with the, the new physics, immoralities, mm-hmm. uh, realities in it, uh, personalities of uh, that world, the characters, you know. These things are completely either uh, based on real-world actions or sometimes completely out of your imagination. Right. Well, I think um, I think we were a bit lucky in the fact that we sort of had a, uh, a bit of a partial skeleton to work with and that Mike had kind of had done previous work in this and had sort of made something that was um, really interesting, like just at, at, at its basic level, like Core, the premise yeah. of a, an apocalyptic world that had been roasted alive by, by the sun. And so, um, it was really easy to build off of that idea because it was interesting to start with. But I think, um, we didn't really go about building a world per se at the beginning. Like we kind of, we started small. I think we talked about this in the first episode where we just like had scenarios and we kind of built off of that. And as the story kind of grew, um, you know, the, we were slowly like adding meat to the skeleton and building it up into something, uh, more substantial and large. And, uh, just as we kept doing that, it, it got easier and easier to, uh, keep building onto the story and developing the characters. So I think, um, it was just kind of a building blocks, really stacking one thing on top of the other. And then by the time we finished writing, um, the end of the first season, uh, we had kind of a substantial world to work with. And when I started writing the, uh, the short stories, like we had such kind of a a built up scenario and world that it was like, Oh, okay. Well now it's easy just to like keep adding other stories into that world because we had something like really nice and that something that felt. For example, if I could ask you about the 10 cities specifically, Mm -hmm. right? There are uh, different characters that are actually interacting with each other. Yes. Uh, Each characters are there. They have their own personal personalities. And do you think, uh, do they have a, this personality is based on something that you had in your mind or you just decided that if this character is acting this way, it's what is the best reaction to it? You know what I mean? It's kind of an equation, uh, to it like for example if this character is uh, really um, nosy what is a good thing to uh, some a, a good character for it to you know to be against it is an authority an authoritarian uh, character to the, like defy its nosiness you know what I mean right, you know, right. like personal traits and stuff yeah I think with Tent City um, I mean first of all I didn't really think much about that episode I knew I knew the place and the location I didn't know any of the characters, but I, as I just started writing it, I just, I, I did it in like two sittings. It kind of just like spilled out. And um, I think a lot of it was because the style was very easy for me to work with. It's, it's like, it's a third person uh, short story, but um, you still very much get an inside into the main character. Like uh, his thoughts are, they just kind of come out in a third person way. So it's, 
in a way, it's almost like a first-person story. It's really focused on his thoughts and his experience, so it's kind of limited to his perception. Right. Um, but he's he's a very the main character of Tent City is a very pessimistic character. He's very pessimistic, very like quick-witted, um, not not at all very serious. He's he's quite uh, like diff, you know, he shrugs off stuff with humor, and uh, I thought you know. It'd be really interesting for someone like that to really come across someone like super serious and like uh, like the man he comes into contact with later in the story is just this kind of militaristic regimented type guy. And uh, they're, they're sort of just total opposites of each other. But uh, I mean, all of it was just based around the single idea of a cigarette, really. That's how the story rounds itself in and out. It started with all one cigarette. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the last cigarette in the world. <laughs> exactly. No, I, 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 what I enjoy about uh, creation of the world when it comes to personality traits and, um, uh, for example, Phyllis specifically. Let's talk about. I, I would like to talk about our main character, Phillips. Uh, he, in my opinion, he's a he's an outgoing guy, and he's a he's an open-minded person, and he's a survival. So I would love to see this character with his personal uh, traits to. Uh, communicate to interact with other people I would like to see how would he uh, react with characters that are attacking him or characters are supporting him or uh, characters are questioning his actions you know these are the things that my curiosity goes to um, in in uh, specifically um, I recently uh, watched a, a, a podcast I'm sorry, I was listening to a specific podcast called Black Tapes. Mm -hmm. It's a fictional story uh, about uh, um, a, a reporter from a radio station trying to solve a mystery case, uh, a, a, a paranormal uh, a mystery case called Black Tapes, hence the title. Uh, what is the premise of that is about this reporter try found a, a doctor who is... Uh, a per, who's a, a debunker of uh, paranormal paranormal activities? Right, um, Doctor Richards. Uh, I think that I forgot the name. I'm sorry, but his name is his first name is Doctor Richard, and Doctor Richard has this uh, specific case in his uh, library. I would call or his office. It called black, and there are literally tapes which is colored black. Uh, so the reporter uh, tries to find. The connection between each episode and every time I listen to that uh, podcast what it consumes me to come uh, what it uh, attracts me to listen to that every episode next and next is that how a, a reporter a curious a curious reporter uh, tries to uh, which is nose nosy, uh, nosy person uh, tries to figure out things that are either not real and how how she react to people when there were a bunch of episodes that she had to uh, interact with the victims of uh, exorcist uh, exorcism, and uh, it was really uh, interesting to to hear the voice of the reporter to be really empath. She was uh, acting, uh, or she was more really sympathetic to towards the victims, and it was interesting for me to see the difference. And then. Um, how Dr. Richard was trying to debunk this idea of exorcism, telling that this is not real, this is fake and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to see the difference between 
supporting person rather than a defensing a, def uh, a person who is defending that what she believes right? right so it's it's really interesting to see different uh character traits that's probably the most important part if you're building if you intend to make a story uh more than the world i think the characters that you tend that you intend to follow are going to be key um because you can build the world after and as you go and as the characters sort of find things out the reader or the listener or the viewer can find those things out as well um but what's important to stay consistent is how your characters behave or at least where they're starting from mm -hmm. what kind of person they are at their core because that's going to influence how they interact with everything else that you put in that world from the beginning to the end so in uh for example a Phillips apocalypse like mm -hmm. The premise is fairly simple. It's in the title. It's an apocalypse. So you, you already assume there are a few other people. There are no few resources for this person. So you need to find out what kind of person this is. Uh, and then once, once that's established, every new trial, everything that they discover is going to be colored by uh, that person's traits. Um, it's only if you start to to vary that behavior without reason that it starts to fall apart. Right. Because it makes the listener or the viewer or the reader wonder what's changed their reactions that we don't know about, that hasn't been explained in, in the story so far. Mm -hmm. And that's really what permits you to make completely fantastic scenarios. Uh, things where like werewolves or vampires yeah. or an entirely different planet... All that stuff doesn't really matter because your characters take care of uh, addressing those things authentically, like like people, even if they're not really people, but like as, as real beings with consistent personalities and, I guess, realistic behaviors. Right. According to the rules that you lay out in, in their, uh, when you construct yeah. their character. That is, that's very important, uh, the, what you say, because it's very difficult also to maintain. Uh, usually you try to explore characters, which means inherently they're going to be in uh, scenarios that are uh, new to them. And so uh, that's when you can make or break them. And you, you do that consistently. You, you yeah. polish their, um, their characters, but s sometimes uh, you write something and then uh, later on come and visit and realize this doesn't exactly make sense. Why, does, why did I think that this character would behave like this? Right. Uh, especially uh, keep mem maintaining the state of their emotion in your in the author's mind is pretty difficult because you need to ex not only remember what they experienced you need to remember how they uh, reacted to that experience and you need to um, you need to aggregate all of their emo experiences and um, and uh, lessons uh, from the beginning of story pro probably even before that uh, into every single action which uh, which you can if you do that too much you can't you, you, your character cannot progress anymore because it's stuck there's just too much behind them and uh, you know it's like one drop in, uh, in an ocean it doesn't change they shouldn't change a lot which makes the character maybe too mundane and uh, and linear but at the same time, if anything new changes their um, their experience, uh, they they 
you you can't really establish them because you know they're totally reactionary and they have no memory or recollection of what has happened to them up to now mm-hmm. that is pretty difficult especially i think rarely characters have only one uh, sorry stories only have one character which means you have to maintain the state of their mind state of the mind of multiple characters and all of the interplays between them and uh, i think that's for me that's pretty much the most interesting part of any story and the craft that goes into it is the most intriguing for me yeah i think um i mean i wrote the first episode to philip's apocalypse years and years ago um but i think i always imagined the character as like kind of a a bit of a happy-go-lucky kid with like a you know good sense of humor and um kind of you know social butterfly a little bit but i feel like in the first episode it almost feels like he's he's wearing a bit of a shield like he's you know there's he's had to live in this awful world for so many months and you know just barely scraping by and he's he's you know keeping this shield in front of him you know just to stay alive but after this kind of you know, you, you catch glimpses of him throughout the episode, kind of as the person he used to be after he experiences the wolf. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, finally, a little bit of a break from the from the uh, the awfulness of this place. You know, you kind of catch these little glimpses of the of the kid he used to be. And yeah. even loneliness. I think that loneliness uh, about Philip is one thing that I, that that shield that you were talking about mm-hmm. the, it's it's actually created. I feel like loneliness is one factor about it. Yeah. And when he founds that wolf, uh, it's kind of uh, like you never think about seeing a wild animal and you be like, oh, it's, I'm happy now. I'm happy to see this wild animal. Mm-hmm. You be like, oh no, I have to run away because they might might kill me or something. But it it was really intriguing to see a new aspect of thinking about that scenario that mm-hmm. that person so Phillips seeing that person is is, is or the, the creature is really intriguing and it was one of the factors that I really got cur- curious about the personality of Phillips mm-hmm. it was interesting because it wasn't really explicit uh, in how in, in telling you what you're supposed to find out about Philip mm-hmm. as he goes through this it's sort of you infer it from his behavior because really that sort of scenario could have gone so many different ways based on you know replacing philip with a different character somebody might have said you know a hunter type would have gone you know ooh, food i'm going to kill this animal that's or somebody might have acted you know in terror and just run or coward or something but Mm -hmm. philip had this specific experience that tells you it's sort of like an example of how they would approach things in general and it's kind of your first opportunity to see him face something mm-hmm. and then deal with it in a, in a real sort of um, reactive, like really internal kind of way. Like it's Matter. true to them. It's not, they're not calculating. He's not calculating something. He's not overthinking it. It's just insight into how he approaches things, everything, his life in general, even in a, a completely foreign circumstance like an apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And seeing a wolf, right? It's not usual, but he approaches it in what you can assume is his usual manner. Yeah, he's he's still very much a kid at heart. Mm-hmm. I, I can easily say, say that. I agree with you, because at the end of it, he was thinking, and I did enjoy his voice. 
Please tell Michael I like his voice. Thank you. <laughs> now, let's move on to after creating a world of fiction and personality and characters. What does you guys, yourselves, enjoy the narration of the story? Do you guys like the first-person viewpoint of a storyline or third-person point of view? Which one does it, you, uh, does it help you more connected to the story? For example, what I'm trying to say is that you can you can read about uh, read a book or listen to podcasts, which is narrated by the character or the protagonist itself, right? Or by the narration or the narrator who talks about things happening. Uh, would would you guys feel uh, comf- like closer and relate? Um, um, how can I say? Connect to the story. Feel like that thing is happening. When uh, the character themselves are talking about it, or someone else is talking about it over it, that's a really tough one. Um, I will say that, despite having read, seen, listened to a lot of stories, when it's done, it doesn't usually. I don't usually remember what perspective it was narrated from because I've just sort of absorbed the story. Um, but when you actually stop to think about it, it's probably easiest to just do something in like an omniscient third person that way you can tell the reader everything they need to know in whatever way you see fit whenever it's convenient uh and it really gets difficult to engage somebody if you're doing something entirely in first person because you're extremely limited in what you can reasonably tell your audience Uh, you're limited by the perspective of your character Um, so that's an additional challenge that can maybe might make or break, uh, the appeal of a given presentation of a story, uh, depending on the skill maybe of the, of the writer. Yeah. It's really a craft, really a craft issue. A big portion of the, of how you tell this, uh, how, which, um, point of perspective you, point of view you choose, I, I think it's, uh, how you decide to unfold uh, the plot how you're gonna how how does this the the plot progresses and how does it um how how does it relay information to the audience if you i think that's to me that might be the the biggest part of uh, how you choose um your narrator or how much the the narrator sees if when the narrator knows anything everything they probably are telling it in uh, chronological sequence of of um, of the events so but if you're trying to keep something um but that's also might be the creative side of it right uh, sometimes you you are seeing everything but uh, maybe you're being misleaded by the narrator maybe the narrator thinks they know everything but they don't maybe they're recounting an event witness type of thing but so Uh, I think a big portion of it still boils down to how you want the plot to unfold. And the, the question is, more, in that sense, more technical than... Um, in, what I'm trying to say is maybe it's not completely your choice. You will have to settle in one over another. And in fact, uh, I don't know if it has a lot to how you absorb it. Because as Ty was saying, at the end, you piece all of the, uh, you, you piece it out at the end and... Is that right? You put the pieces, pieces together. together, right? Okay. You put the pieces together at the end, and you will have a, a pic, an image. It doesn't matter which piece you put at the beginning. 
uh, how you form the the image. Um, I mean, again, that's that's another claim. I guess it matter. It does matter uh, how you form the uh, the picture because that's going to be the tone, the emotion, and the the experiences of the of the characters. So they, they, their personality also comes into into play. Uh, I personally haven't really experienced either one to be more powerful. It's mostly which one is. Uh, to me, it's usually from my how I see it is usually chosen by uh, to, for it to be the most convenient one. I think um, when I was writing the uh, the lost episodes, um, I found a third person limited style was the best in this case because it's very much both both episodes are very much focused on just one character throughout the story. And you really hear everything from their perspective, even though it's third person. But I don't know for some reason that style really, um, really worked for me, and it was easy to write in that style. You see, my now let me tell you guys my the paradox that I'm in at right now. So as a reader, as a consumer of uh, audio drama and, uh, and books and everything and every product and stories, I I have conflict on which narrative is easier for me to understand i enjoy the the omniverse uh, uh, omni uh, character or the narrator mm -hmm. that actually explains everything to me but at the same time ben just pointed out that he has motivations right the narrator can actually you know uh, kind of uh, arbitrarily choose arbitrarily choose exactly arbitrarily choose one side of the story it doesn't tell you exactly everything in my in it sometimes i feel like the first person point of view is uh, most authentic way of saying telling the story because uh, what you read and what you hear is exactly what the character is saying right i don't think that that character has any uh, agenda of uh, hiding any point of view or, or or story or plot from you um well from what well it is subjective and some stories that i've read right recently they're mostly, um, most, most, some of them are like a shift of the first person to the uh, third person point of view. And it was interesting because every time the, the story turned into a third person point of view, I had less clue and less understanding of the sequence of, uh, of events. I didn't understand some parts of uh, the action or some part of the storyline or the personality of that specific character that the narrator was explaining and every time the, the story shifted to the first person point of view I could read and understand exactly what that character sees so in a way I feel like I personally think that first person is not just easier for the writer or the creator but also is easier for the reader and the consumer to understand what exactly is but at the same time it's uh, uh, bad effect or the negative the negative point point of uh, first person is the 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 limit the limitation of the events and storyline that you could understand because as 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 uh, Ty said the first person the characters is only seeing a limited uh, view of the story nothing is happening behind him so he doesn't know sorry he should or he or she or she doesn't know what's happening behind it so I feel like well, I'm confused on which one is the right way. Uh, whereas, I prefer the sub the the first person subjective point of view, because it thinks I feel like I'm more 
um, uh, related to it and more understanding towards the the closer to the writer uh, viewpoint. And I feel like that's again subjective that everyone can be a different way of understanding the story. I, I would contend that it varies. It depends heavily on what kind of story you're trying to tell. Um, so I've been trying to think. I can't remember if the bell jar is actually written in first person or if it just feels like it's written in first person. But it's a story that's about one person's intensely personal journey. And it would feel really weird to have a narrator explaining to you what this person is feeling inside as opposed to this person explaining what they're feeling inside. Because the whole point of the story is that nobody else knows what they're really feeling and that nobody else has their point of view. Like they're, The fact that their point of view is so different is the story like that's the point whereas you could have something like uh like a, your standard action fair or like it's an action story you know starts and finishes in one book one movie uh with a lot of moving parts where if you had everything from the perspective of one person um you might have like really boring parts where nothing is happening that they can see uh, while things are going on that are going to affect them later on that you can't know about, which kind of, like, what's the point if you don't know them? So it's not that you can't use things like foreshadowing or, like, dramatic irony or even just show you other parts of the story that are happening concurrently. Uh, it's just, it's a lot more difficult to relay that information with a single viewpoint uh, in a story. Um, so you have to consider it... Uh, at the outset what kind of story you want to, to relate whether it's going to be a, a big multi-character affair or if you're really just trying to convey what one person is going through um, from start to finish like their progression throughout a series of events yeah actually I totally agree with that it's first person is very limited to chronological progress I don't I don't really I can't really, at least I don't, I can't think of a story offhand that works um, with multiple characters in first person. Like, because, actually, this kind of relates to what you said, Shabi, but in the opposite fashion. I feel like first person stories put you closer to the character, and third person put you closer to the writer. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like, for third person stories, um, you have the option of making it feel bigger. And you can go between different characters in different situations, maybe even time jump. Um, you can also in first person, but you're still kind of limited to that, like that one character. But at the same time, you can delve even deeper into their experience than you can in third person. So, yeah, I think it really boils down to what kind of story you want to tell. You know, there are certain stories that will, you know, intrinsically work better in first person. And I think a lot of that, too, is um, like non sci-fi type stories like just of like real kind of daily living journeys that, that can be really eye-opening from a first person perspective but at the same time wouldn't be interesting in third person <laughs> i agree yeah. i feel like sorry for interrupting but i feel like even like i i don't know if this is a country is a argument against my own uh, point of view but i remember the movies uh, the sixth uh, sense mm-hmm. right so at the end we fi- we found out that the the character uh, spoiler is alert. a spoiler alert obviously. Well, it's come on, it's like two th- the year two thousand. <laughs> right I still now, feel obligated. 
I am sorry who, who, to whom or who that has not been seen this movie yet. But, uh, spoiler alert again, uh, the character at the end figure finds out that he was dead at the, the whole story, right? So, even the first person point of view can sometimes be really... Um, kind of wrong way of uh, story like it, it can it can uh, um, intentionally misleading in mis- exactly intentionally misleading even though it was not trying to do that it was the uh, the twist plot at the end of this movie right or uh, Shutter Island that's a, another good movie have you uh, spoiler it again god damn it I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but Shutter Island again at the end you find out that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's well, character you realize that the character yeah, is not was, whom they yeah, thought exactly. they exactly so once uh, it is for me I love those two movies even though the twist the, the plot twist at the end was shocking but enjoyable at the same time and I think still I enjoy r- watching the movie on the on that character's point of view To know that everything that he believes is right. Even though at the end it's all... The world is completely different than what he was expecting in the whole story. I just came up with this idea. Sorry. I had to <laughs> say those things. No, sure. That actually ties in really neatly. Because I was about to say that your first person perspective stories are going to be predicated on what that character knows and is capable of knowing. Uh, in addition to what they actually see. Uh, so if you have something written from the first person of a character who's not particularly insightful, um, that can work uh, in the fa- in favor of the story because then the reader might have uh, might see uh, quote unquote what the character is seeing um, and understand something that the character does not understand. Exactly. Uh, so what is seen is written or shown, um, but the actual understanding. Or the comprehension, how the character parses that information, can be different from how the reader or viewer does, uh, which can work to to great effect, or it can just be the result also of bad writing too. If um, if the characters are missing things, or if the character is seeing things, or understanding things in a way that is out of character, which goes back to the character consistency part. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an option, but it's maybe a, a little bit. I think you said technical earlier, which I think fits. Yeah, and uh, so that's what you're d- describing is uh, the author using uh, first person to be able uh, to obscure you from what is real. So, uh, I mean, to, to mislead you and obscure what's real. Uh, so they are trying to separate plot and story from each other Uh, without making you understand it, and you can, as you can see, it can get old pretty fast. When, when if you, in my opinion, if you uh, play too much with the point of view as as an active element in the story rather than a passive element, it can it can trivialize everything. Oh, he wasn't dead. He thought he's dead. Oh, he's dead, but he comes back to life. <laughs> like it, it just. Uh, Like everything's arbitrary. Yeah, you, you will lose that the intention, the attention of the the the, 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 the viewer or exactly. Yeah, someone exactly. I can't remember on YouTube. Someone was talking about how bringing one of comic Marvel or DC. I can't remember. Uh, as you can tell, I'm not really an <laughs> and He loves the uh, Marvel, by the way. <laughs> Go ahead. Him, him, Yeah, he he must. He must, because <laughs> he's like Superman and Spider-Man at the same time. What? Okay, go ahead. Um, 
how they how they how when they kill characters they make death and not potent or not uh, ominous anymore so it's the same 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 thing if you it's very difficult in my opinion to mess with something that big as and use it actively i think it's it's almost uh, what do they call it a one time uh, one time wonder one person can do it good only once yeah. no one else can ever uh, use the same trick because it's old so i think it's pretty audacious to go towards that route and i think it's a lot of innovation to think that even this even something as established as point of view can be experimented with but at the same time if you are not careful with it and i really i personally think you almost don't go that direction but if you're not careful with it it can become pretty boring and uh, so again back to i think it's a choice mostly you uh, that you make to convey the story rather than for it to be active or um a preference really and thank you guys for coming to this episode thank you jeremy ben ty and i hope to see you guys on the future and thank you all to our uh, amazing listeners and have a great day good night 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 we hope you enjoyed this episode of past bedtime talks thanks for joining us Join us next time as we continue our discussion from fiction into the realm of video games. Have a good day and night.